Welcome back to another episode of the Matchball Podcast. This is our second ever video episode, and before I get into it, like always, thank you for the support that you have given. If you like what you see, please like, share, comment, subscribe, and all of that. And today's episode is a very special one for me because this is also an episode where I get to learn a lot of things. And joining me today is a friend of mine who lives in the United States. His name is Amod Sahasrapudde. He is a student at the Northeastern University in Boston. and he's pursuing his masters in artificial intelligence now you might think that why is an engineering bloke a part of a football podcast episode and we'll get into that later but uh, before that he is associated with football he has done some things some brilliant things in football that we will get to know later and he is a supporter of manchester united so we'll jump into it right now and just ask amod first of all welcome amod thank you for joining me Thank you, thank you, Rohan, for having me. It's a pleasure. It is. It, it the pleasure is all mine as well. Now, first of all, let's talk about Manchester United. What made you support <sighs> this club? What made you uh, decide that this is the red-coloured club that I'm going to support for the rest of my life? What made you do that? Right. So essentially, I was uh, around in 2007, I believe. My cousins flew from the United Kingdom. and they were huge man united supporters i think they still are i don't know if they changed loyalties but um, yeah so they introduced me to this game called fifa 07 i think everyone of us might have played it at some point and it's honestly united is one of the strongest team in there and they introduced me to it and i started playing manager mode on it i was i got i was in love with rooney ronaldo and gigs and scoles and and i just went uh, and i just fell in love with that team playing through fifa 7 and then i looked up their background on wikipedia saw the entire munich debacle and i mean the the way the club always rises from the ashes whenever it is down they've been relegated but they came back sir alex sir matt busby the great history of the club i mean that just sold it to me and i decided that this is my club and i'm going to support it now and i'm stuck to them even though they are in a bad patch you can say <laughs> after sir alex <laughs> right i mean but you, you had you had all the reasons to support united in the past now what are your reasons but Where? i mean we can see all of that and it's been a bit of a turmoil for your club it's been in a bad patch <laughs> you had a club legend as a coach he got sacked now you have a german master a german fan a fantastic german tactical coach who is at the helm of things for only 6 months for now yeah uh, so talking about manchester united i mean you had reasons like rooney gigs and scores to support the club and now and and back then also the definition of success was completely different a trophy less united season was deemed as a failure yeah and now you've not won a, unfortunately not won a trophy ever since sir alex left so yeah. without mm-hmm. rubbing too much salt into your wounds i just want to ask you in this current environment in this current season under right. ralf ragnick what do you think is the most realistic uh, expectation of a successful season what would what would you think that manchester united successful season this season would be what what is the most realistic version of that so if you look at when the season started and with the signings that we made with varan sancho ronaldo obviously it was looking like we might challenge for the title so i was not expecting a title but i was expecting a decent run i mean you know at least stay close to the champion maybe 3 4 points somewhere around that region 
and it was looking at one point that we were going to do that but something happened and in october we just fell apart i don't know why and i mean the premier league title is pretty much out of the race i don't think we are going to catch it maybe i would say a successful season is we are lacking trophies maybe an fa cup a good run in the champions league i would expect at least a semi final run with under ralf ragnick it is going to be tough but i would expect a semi final run um but let's see very ambitious very it is very ambitious, ambitious yes but you hope for the sky and you fall on the roof of course of course and to i mean uh, as a point of comparison last season a club sacked their player who is a legend signed ah, yes. a german manager ah yes you to face atletico madrid in the round of 16 and atletico madrid were not playing properly when the draw when they eventually played so you do have some comparables with that certain team and that team happened to just happened to win the champions league that season and it's so i mean you can you can dream of course you can dream and you can hope for the best that will define success for manchester united this season right. now talking about your coach ralph ragnick before we get into the uh, nitty gritty of him and his tactics we so unfortunately we've not had a lot of manchester united games ever since he came because right. of the covid outbreak Just and the postponements yeah so how so based on the two games that you saw i think you saw the newcastle game and the norwich game so in in the uh, you, uh, crystal palace crystal palace sorry sorry yeah. sorry not newcastle uh so in those games how do you see how did you see manchester united change their shape under ralph ragnick so in the first game against crystal palace i was impressed because we were coming out we were pressing them even ronaldo was making some good runs which we don't see that quite often but yes we did see some good movement of the ball fred was a monster that game like he started badly but he somehow something clicked he just remembered that he's a good player and he started <laughs> recovering balls and you know doing all the stuff that we need from him to do which he should have done way back and you know it was quite simple like you could see what rangnick was trying to achieve with this team with fred i think he changed his role slightly he was slightly coming out more forward like rather than doing all the defensive work and it seemed to click well uh, against crystal palace we didn't score which looked like you know we should have scored a few goals but yeah i would take a 1-0 win not bad clean sheet kept a clean sheet which is a rare thing at old trafford these days and yeah and against norwich though i felt uh, we were not that strong i don't know why maybe it's the fatigue maybe the players are we are gelling into the tactics but yeah let's see i mean norwich game felt a bit awkward like we yeah, won it, but it it didn't look like norwich were yeah. 20th at a for a long period of yeah. time in the premier league it looked the other right. way around right they were taking taking the game to you but somehow you know you scraped it through and you you won so i mean after all a bad team can still a bad team despite playing badly would always want the three points rather than playing badly so it's so, not sustainable but for that particular result i don't think it was it, it didn't matter much how you played given that you needed the three points against norwich yeah now talking about ralf ragnick we'll move on to 
why you are here first of all so right. uh, ralph ragnick in an old interview he had mentioned about how the data that you that you accumulate from the players and the statistics that get compiled how they impact your the the training drills that those uh, that the manager decides for the entire team now you're into the field of data science you're into the field of interpretation of football statistics can you share with me a brief origin story as to what made you embark on this journey right so so if you are we are talking about data science i had this as a core subject in my engineering and uh, you know it was very basic but it somehow i liked the idea of a data science more than a traditional computer science so you know just to put it in layman's term you know a computer science is more of writing rules for getting an output so you have the fixed input you have the uh, you have the rules and you find the output that's in a simple term that's what a computer scientist would do a data scientist has the input he has the output he will try to find the rules so he'll try to find patterns between the data and what you can interpret from the data so in simple terms that is a job of a data scientist to find rules patterns etc so in football particularly uh, there is this youtube channel called friends of cracking which if you guys really would want to check it then i would recommend just google it they have a bunch of tutorials and great videos for how you can start this process so even if you have very limited coding experience they would begin their thing and they would actually teach you from the very basics so it's a great opportunity for, uh, for you our listeners to go and check it out yeah so it is run by a bunch of data scientists from very reputed clubs like professor david sumter and they have lori shaw who is signed with manchester city now um i think william spearman did a great uh, pitch control model which we will talk about later um uh, he's signed with liverpool so yeah it's it's a very star studded cast that they have and they invite guests to give lectures and professor sumter even has a course uh on his university of upsala website so if you want we can even check that out because that is free for like you can just audit the course you can see the course material you cannot get a certificate but you can check out the contents anyway so professor sumter um he one one of his live stream he announced that he wants to start a research group for master students and he is going to provide them some data and you can come up with whatever research topic you want so it was not focused lim- or limited to just one particular thing he gave us complete freedom as to you can do whatever you want and we can have small presentations so i sent him my resume and he liked it he accepted it and he invited me to the research group and basically that's how it kind of started uh, and before that as usual i was watching the videos following his work elsewhere as well other scientists and yeah so in the research group we started you know making up with uh, building models for already existing work but because the data format was slightly different we had to go and create our own version of it so essentially we were just replicating code but it was a bit of work so we first started with that and then we went on our own ways like everyone did a different project we gave our presentations on it and it was a fun time yeah nice so 
somehow you you it it was a happy accident for you to come across that channel and just i mean you like data science but you never envisioned yourself to end up in this situation mm-hmm. it was that moment of serendipity that helped you get where you are right now if i'm not wrong right very true very true because uh, so how i found this channel is quite interesting because i was one man united review channel uh, called stratford paddock and they have stephen housen who's on there and stephen housen i think is a bit of a tactical guy i would say and he uh, i think someone asked him like uh, i'm interested into football and i'm interested into data science do you know where i can find the resources and i think he's just said it in a very one line casual and i happened to be on that live stream so yeah it's quite a bit of a, you know coincidence you can say yeah and you know fate had its own way of redirecting you to True. this but that particular one line which has True. led you to be where you are now True. now i'll be very honest i am not an engineer i'm nowhere even closely related to being an engineer i don't even know basics of the coding and everything so you you said a bunch of stuff in the in in the previous answer and i just heard some words which were familiar like code and data science and models and input output all of that now i i don't understand any of that so yeah. if you can explain to a layman like me what is it that you do exactly and how does it help the teams how would you explain that right so yeah so if you look at it um it is quite a complicated part but that's the role of a data scientist so you he want to find the results and he wants to share it to the clubs in a very simple manner because coaches and scouts the people who would actually be using and getting the information they are not bothered about the methodology honestly they need results it's a very tough environment at a football club you need to continuously be at your own gear and you need to find results so if i want to talk about it in a complete layman terms uh, as to what exactly how to get into this football data science thing um, maybe i can share a small presentation that i made sure sure go ahead so yeah so if you look at it um you you can you have a bunch of stuff in football so it is quite a broad field um so you can have your so i've just made a small chart here so right, you can right, have right. a result data which is basic league stats match results which you find it very easily available like you just google it premier right. league table english premier league table you get this so this is your result data which is the most simplest form of data you can say because right. all it contains is points games played wins and results so you just have the scores like 1 0 2 0 whatever so it's the very basic simplest form of data that is available and everybody has access to it essentially then you have game statistics so it contains details lineup substitutions i mean still fairly simple like you can still find this on google i think google has that card system where if you just yep. click on it then they give out their entire lineup which right, is right, also right. readily available then we go on to player data so this is uh, mostly fbrf if you guys have been on fbrf you would know like they have a bunch of statistics and details that they put out so it's like their goals their assists their xg their tackles you know the aerial duels that they won percentage and 
bunch of things right i think you also and, have uh, the the number of aerial duels attempted and number of aerial duels won yeah, you yeah. have those metrics as well true true and then you have event and tracking data which is so event data is essentially the entire list of events that happen in a match so it starts with kickoff it starts with pass 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 let's say aerial duel somewhere the pass 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 let's say okay. another aerial duel tackle interception it has everything like it has so much going on there it basically encapsulates a football match so whatever stuff that happens in a football game they have every recorded event what coordinate was the it was that event taking place so they have the x and the y coordinate oh and then you have yeah and then you have tracking data which is essentially that which is linked to event data in a way that they give you an entire frame so let's say for an event data let's say i am making a pass to you so my uh, when i make the pass i have the pass coordinates the start location of the pass and you would have the end location of the pass but it event data would not be concerned about who else is around us okay but tracking data will have that information as well okay so you could have the entire 22 players on the pitch okay so in a way tracking data is more advanced because it links you to the entire pitch and if you so if you have all the frames of tracking data and you play them in a sequence you would essentially see a an entire game because you would see right. the ball moving like if you right. coded right 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 and then you have physical data which is the physical performance of the player like their speed their acceleration how high they can jump like everything which is related to their physical conditioning yeah i think it's a black vest that they wear right that that tracks their yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's I've, i've seen that on uh, on the television i i never really knew what it was but right i figured that it must be something to track their performance so yeah yeah true so yeah and i've ordered this in such a way uh, from their order of availability like these first three things are readily available because you know you can find them easily on the internet and you can scrape the data using some python tools python is a programming language just for thanks for that you can yeah you can scrape the data and you can have this information readily available event data is a bit difficult to get so you have um, data suppliers such as opta statsbomb metrica so they give out a skill corner uh, they give out event data and tracking data samples but if you want for the entire season then there is obviously a payment structure involved right right so it is not available for everybody but you do have samples which you can work on and try to build your models on top of that and then you have physical data which is i feel like i personally have not worked with this type of data because it is so difficult to procure i believe i have not seen it anywhere on the internet or i don't even know sources because this is very restricted to the club because they want to keep their um data very protected yeah. obviously right so i i think i don't remember if you know this but there was a big thing back uh, in 2018 or 2019 when lukaku was just about to leave the club and i think he leaked some of the statistics about Luke Shaw's average training speed or something like that and there was a big 
thing that happened back then. I, I don't remember any of this, but this. Yeah, but I think there was a bit of a fuss. Something happened. The club was a bit mad. Like, why did you do that? Some something. I mean, happened. was it accidental or like he purposefully leaked? No, so or... I think they were having a debate as to who is fast, Lukaku or Shaw or something. Like people were trolling Lukaku. You know how it is with internet yeah, yeah, yeah. and Twitter football. So I think somebody was uh, trolling Lukaku like, oh, your first touch, oh, your speed, you are not this, you are not that, and he just revealed the entire statistics <laughs> of the training match. <laughs> So yeah, that was, and he deleted it immediately. But but it I was mean, enough for a screenshot. By it was enough person. for a screenshot. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's out there for people who want to check it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So mostly event data and tracking data are raw. So you can get your results. So essentially, player information is derived from these event and tracking data. so you can build models and you can build machine learning models as well or you can be physics based model to get your player data so you can evaluate a player using this raw event and tracking data and then you can process your models like do whatever you want to do and you can get this information so for example you know uh, let's say this is one of the thing that is built by william spearman this is okay. called the pitch control model the picture on the left and the picture on the right is an expected threat model so i would explain okay. what they both are okay uh, so essentially pitch control is very simple to understand like to explain it to you it is very easy to know uh, a pitch control is essentially uh, it gives you the probability like if i make a pass would my team retain that pass okay so if i pass at a certain location it gives you a metric it gives you a value as to what is the probability of that pass being completed okay so let's say the uh, is this visible like let's say the black is a ball with the right. right center back has it right now and this is the actual pass that he made to the right. wing back right. so obviously in this region there are no players pressing him or marking him or whatever so obviously the probability here is going to be quite high which is shown by the red region right but here somewhere like here like if you pass the ball somewhere near the opposition goal post right you would have a very low probability because the probability that your player runs and actually gets it is quite low correct but if you look at somewhere here the white region this is more like a 50 50 ball right like okay. you might think whoever is more quicker to the ball is going to get it right so this is a basic example of a pitch control and it is developed by william spearman uh, okay. as i mentioned scientist at liverpool and the one on the right is an expected threat model so what it gives you is a uh, like coordinates on the pitch where teams are most likely to generate their threats from okay so it is again a value so yeah just to summarize this thing it this entire process is about finding values like you trying to quantify everything to put it in very very simple terms you are trying to find a value for everything okay yeah so expected threat is just a metric as to where and what location our team trying to generate threats from so obviously near the goal mouth the threat is going to be high because Hi, you are more likely to score a goal from there correct correct now here's what i have done i decided to so what people do is these are like very base model set up by very great minds 
so what most of us try to do is try to uh, combine these models and get something out of it okay so if you look at it what i did was um, so i used both of so these this is models. this is your output this is something yeah, this that is you have done. Okay. yeah this is okay. something that i have done okay so i used the pitch control i used the expected thread so what i okay. wanted to find was uh, what are the best passes that a team can make and do they really make it okay so let's say i have the pitch control so i know what regions are safe to pass the ball in okay and i have the expected threat so i know what regions are give you higher threat values okay so let's say if i combine both of them then i have something that gives me a pass which is safe like it can be it can be successful and it, it has a has higher chance of value. being successful and generating a threat and correct together right correct so essentially this is what i came up with and as you can see this here is the optimal pass right now right. what i did further was on top of this i check whether the player actually made that pass okay and based on the deviation of the pass mm -hmm. i just check i just gave him a metric i won't go into the details uh, if you want you can check it on my blog nice plug here <laughs> <laughs> link it in the description it will be there it will be there anything and everything that you have mentioned on yeah. this episode everything will be in the description don't worry sure. about it <laughs> go ahead go ahead so yeah we have the optimal pass we just find out how far he is from the optimal pass and we basically generate it for all events that happened throughout the game and okay. you can find out who is the player and i think in my blog i did it with the united burnley game Okay. And I think Bruno and Pogba were on top. I mean, had to be right. Right. I mean, just for a sanity check, just to see if I was right. 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 Yeah. I mean, you you would essentially want to ensure that whatever you are developing as an output is not unrealistic. Correct. Right. Okay. 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 Yeah. So I have fairly understood. In fact, I mean. before your clarification i saw that colored thing which was pitch yeah. control and i was like in my mind yes this is a heat map i know this yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so it's good that you clarified it and heat map i think it's a player data which is just uh, it's it would sure, be readily available can, and it's just yeah. a, presented in a visual manner rather yeah. than a statistical i mean you can map. say this was kind of a heat map you are not wrong okay yeah. fair enough yes can i get that degree now yes <laughs> i love what it to you personally thank you thank you thank you that degree means not that degree means <laughs> anyway never mind now moving on you mentioned to me that uh, whatever you've done so you have had an opportunity to work with a top tier spanish club that has played in the uefa champions league now that itself on your resume must be a, a fantastic thing but i know you can't reveal the name of the club but either way it it would be a very good thing and how was what was the role that you played like how did your analysis that you just presented or something like that on other similar lines got incorporated in the preparation for the club's matches right so you know uh, i think i won't call it as work because i was not officially on their payroll i was just a volunteer data analysis for them and i was helping their senior data scientist at uh, the club so he was preparing a pre match analysis report for they they were preparing against a game a big game and they wanted to 
compile a lot of things and i think at that time i got in contact with him like hey is there anything i can help you out with and he said sure like any help is greatly appreciated and yeah so what we did for the pre match stuff was what the manager and the coaches need so they want okay. to visualize they want a lot of visualizations because you know uh, like even today if i showed you the formula the mathematical stuff most of the viewers would be bored like what is this crap what is this guy bringing um but if i show you a picture like it attracts it people understand it in a more better way i would say right yeah so visualization is very key for being a data scientist because that is essentially how you represent your work and managers and coaches they don't understand data science and formulas so you need a way to make them understand so that it is actually relevant across the club so yeah so essentially it was just building a match report as to going over the opposition so i was looking at the opposition where they are generating threats you know the expected threat model that helped a lot to see where the threats are being generated from i was looking at their xg uh, expected goals which is it is becoming such a famous metric now i was looking at xg as to where and what areas will the team try to shake, take shots in are there any patterns you know what are their approach plays like are they playing with wing backs so it was not so detailed uh, to put it frankly like it was just going through the event data and trying to plot it but it is really helpful in the sense that the manager can visualize it right and he can actually see so in rather than going through tons and tons and hours and hours of footage footage yeah you can just give this simple hey this fact like Right, so right. one of the facts that i really like and i give it in a lot of examples like you know united say that they attack too much from the left hand side right so i just made a quick visualization to see if that's true and you could actually see that most of the passes like 60 70 passes are towards the left it was crazy something right right and i mean first of all congratulations that you got to work on such a such a cool job i mean if if your love for football gets combined with your passion for data science and the other ancillary things there's nothing like it and i think so whatever you presented i mean not you but any person who presents such visualized visualized data for the managers to use is that what they have in those files when they make a substitution and they show the player that you're going to do this you're going to do this is that is that exactly what they show or is it like uh, i mean would it probably be that or do you have anything else that they might show at that point of time right so uh, i'm not exactly sure if it is really yeah but mostly they go into visualization because if you see from the camera you can see a pitch you can see some coordinates right 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 so they are mostly going through some sort of visualization but i don't know if it is generated by a data scientist or a tactical analyst so okay that, so so yeah. without going into it too deeply do you know the difference between a data scientist and a tactical analyst like does right. a tactical analyst use your findings as his starting point or Yeah, that... yeah 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 so i think a data scientist would come up with a model like some new idea some new innovation of trying to judge a player and a tactical analyst may or may not so i don't think it's a hard and fast rule that a tactical analyst will have to look at uh, the data scientist model okay. he can come up with his own thing but he may look at something like xg so xg is created by a data scientist let's say right 
he would look at that and tactical analyst would kind of try to fit in like as to where you can use that model okay so so it's not necessary for a data scientist to actually like and understand football but it's crucial for a tactical analyst analyst to understand football more you would say i would say it is still important i mean yeah in terms of who i i think they both need some understanding of football and some love and passion here and there because you know data science like whichever domain you choose might be finance might be stocks or crypto or whatever you are trying right. to check the data i think you need some domain knowledge that gives you a good platform as to where you can start with working so what happens usually is like for any data scientist is not limited to football but for any data scientist you would just get the data it would be raw it would not be clean and right. if you have domain knowledge then you can easily remove outliers so for example in football terms let's say i get a ball pass which starts at 0 and it ends at 125 but okay. we know that the pitch is of 120 yards so right. if you have that information then you can easily remove that outlier right but on the other hand if i didn't know i would think okay cool 125 is just another number i would right, consider right, right. it so in some way you need domain knowledge for both i would say. right so football the basics or more like the more than basics or an intermediate knowledge of football would serve as the framework for you to encapsulate yeah. whatever findings you get from your models right. and ultimate right. activities that you do right, right. okay this is this is actually very cool like i mean i mean all that you get a chance to work with these clubs and um, you you provide data which will ultimately like you see these players and managers on television and you it would such it would be such a cool feeling that right that manager has seen something that i have prepared yeah. it's not necessary yeah. that he knows your name he doesn't need to know yeah. where you are but you yeah. know inside that he has seen my work he has seen your work <laughs> yeah. right so now uh before i get into the 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 closing section of our podcast i wanted to ask uh, do you see yourself doing this as a full time thing ever do you want sure. to do this as a full time thing sure so i was uh, looking at data science fields anyway uh, i mean it, i i would apply to eventually uh, as i would look for jobs i would i mostly look targeting data science companies so football company is obviously a priority because i would get to learn so much more right. and it is something that i love and i have good domain knowledge about so yeah i would definitely like would love to work at a football club right right and i hope you do get what you seek for fingers crossed fingers crossed right so assume in a scenario that manchester united is on the lookout for a data scientist a chief data scientist or a, the premier data scientist whatever the designation is basically the guy who heads this particular division of the club say they were to appoint you as the data scientist chief head whatever what would you what changes would you make or what new ideas would you implement in a scenario where you are at the helm of everything right so you mean united in body just yeah, united just manchester united for example okay, so and micro, then in general yeah. if you if you would like to answer in general that is also sure sure sure, sure both sure. answers are always welcome sure so for united in particular uh, 
I think recent, just recently, they hired a data scientist, Dominic Jordan. I think he's a great statistician, mathematician, and they hired him just one or two months back, like October or November, somewhere around that period. And uh, yeah, so the thing with United was they didn't have a data analysis, a proper data analysis in their footballing department. I think I think they did have someone in their, you know, financial department because. that is what the club really likes uh, <laughs> and yeah but they did Ouch. hire a yeah but they did hire a football trainer to actually analyze and evaluate players so one thing that united in the past few years that i have seen is their recruitment has been bad to put it very honestly like if you look at it uh, the season soljar came in Okay. He signed Van Bissaka, Maguire, and I don't remember who else. But was Dalo Bissak- also a part of his signing or I no? I think Dalo came earlier. Dalo okay. came under Mourinho. Okay, okay. So with Van Bissaka, he was clearly one of the most upcoming right backs at that time. Right. And with Maguire, you knew he was the second best defender in the league. Right. There was not really any scouting that you did. So they said we scouted 250 right backs and we chose Van Bissaka. The one of the most best defensive right backs in the league okay i mean uh, and then again this season we signed sancho best player killing it in germany waran who doesn't know waran he's the probably the best center back in madrid best center back at madrid after ramos right cristiano ronaldo do i even need to say anything right right like these signings are i mean any any person can make these signings like a right. fifa player can just sit and Right, it's like it's like man, it's it, it's basically a manager mode type of yeah. signing yeah, that United is. did. Yeah. So uh, what I would rather like to see is someone who is killing it in the Polish league. Like try to, you know, like expand your scouting network in such a way that you can actually find key players that can actually do the job for you. And I think data would certainly help in that process because in data science, like you. see a bunch of things like you can visualize and interpret a lot of results from the models that you build right and once you get that like you have the information as to what players can do well for you so they might not be the best players but they will do the job for you and this is something united i feel have lacked like we had back in the day we had ji sung park who was not quote unquote the best player but he he would get the job done he would get the job done like high work rate him man mark pirlo out of one champions league game i mean darren fletcher also like not the best player but at he was you know he he gets the job done like i think we lack those players and you know that would also be such like you know it's always great to find a hidden gem right because right who doesn't like to find a and i think player. bruno was your hidden gem i think ever kind since ferguson of, left would you say or was it of, i would say Yeah, yeah, he was but, doing but well before he, you signed him in the league. To be fair, Bruno was killing it in the Portuguese. Right, league. right. So it was not necessarily that he was a talent who was who was yeah. posting decent numbers and then he burst into form of his life at United. It right. was like he was doing well there. He's now continuing that well. Granted that the way he picked up, as if he was playing in the same league and delivering, making. making united a one man team for such a very long time true but uh, right so 
Okay, so that was for United. Who? So b- before you answer the in general question, like what you would want in an yeah, ideal yeah. scenario. Yeah. So just for United, I would like to summarize mm-hmm. that recruitment is one of the areas I would like to strengthen. Okay. Who do you think has the best recruitment network right now in 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 Europe? Who do you think has it? Oh, certainly not PSG. No. <laughs> no disrespect. So, Brentford is one of the clubs that comes to mind immediately when we talk about data science. Right, Liverpool right. obviously one of the most good clubs to look for a data scientist. I mean, William Spearman such a brilliant scientist. Uh Laurie Shaw at Manchester City. Okay. Know, another great signing. But Brentford's model is interesting because uh what Brentford did was their entire ethos and foundation of the club is based on a data science setup. so they use data science everywhere their right. footballing thing their commercial side they use data science everywhere like they use data science for decision making at almost every field you can imagine okay and that is that has led to their i mean apart from that they also did some changes like they scrapped their youth academy but they have a b team instead which is something not for this podcast but we can discuss that later if you right. want right right and yeah but their scouting and recruitment like they uh, uh, they essentially moneyballed it okay uh, i mean for okay. viewers a moneyball like a baseball yeah baseball movie uh, yeah yeah, yeah. it is it is statistical also. like getting success through statistics for a yeah. baseball team like i have not yeah. seen it but i i have heard yeah. about it yeah yeah i so, read about brentford uh, i read a book uh, the xg philosophy yeah so I read that book uh, I even got in touch with the author and asked if he could tell me how I can get the data statistics to compute xg and then he said right. that it's a private thing and then I realized that's how he makes his money so obviously he will not give it to any stranger yeah and in that he uh, it, it's mentioned they've mentioned a lot about brentford and that is how yeah. I before even before they even came up to the premier league and then there were twitter threads and articles about their business model I had a fair idea about how they run things and i mean you can kind of see i mean this they have sold their players who have done so well happily because uh, they know that they have the data players. science backing to replace yeah. them like this like yeah. benarama played for them he was went to west ham no problem yeah. oliver watkins played for them went to aston villa no problem no. and i'm very sure this season even tony has been bit of bit subdued but if you give him two or three seasons and if he develops into the player that he is capable of that we saw last season in the championship yeah you might see him pro- probably take the number 2 striker role from dominic calvert-lewin for england and sure. get sold to another premier league club so sure. so i mean i i mean i have been in awe of brentford as well and that is how i also was inquisitive about this coming back to your question in a general scenario in a football uh, footballing football club how would you run the data scientist organize uh, the division data scientist right. division so if it is at somewhere like brentford or midgetland where data science is their ethos then i would just run with the flow because essentially they would require data science everywhere right. so i mean it's not really something that something drastic that i need to change but at united as i said they ha- didn't have a data science analyst for uh, i don't know how many years now i mean i in the have it was a mystery but anyway so if it is something where i completely need to change the direction of how the club looks 
it is very essential that the coach and the entire club believes in this because if it is half hearted like okay we are just doing it because everybody is doing it and you are not really listening to what the output the data scientist gives you right then i feel it is kind of a thing like would you really want a data scientist then but yeah like let's say it is let's say a hypothetical club and they want really want to follow the ideas and the principles then i think recruitment is one area obviously and something like building models using uh the event tracking data obviously but use the physical data that the club generates as well and right. build something on top of that so it could be interesting to see how you can go forward with that right because the player data itself is a gold mine that you yeah. won't find anywhere publicly and if you get access to that like, yeah 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 fair fair so yeah i i, I hope that all your aspirations in this field will culminate into something where you marry the two worlds of football and data science and Hopefully. somehow somewhere i will also be able to brag to my friends that you see this guy i have had an episode with him and he <laughs> and the reason you see this statistic on tv is because of him i hope i get to <laughs> brag I about that so. <laughs> i hope i get to brag about that one day to my friends right <laughs> with that we have come to the end of today's episode it's a it's a different episode it's not the usual one where we just talk about football and events that have happened and our expectations and whatever it's a bit of a technical discussion if you've made it this far thank you so much first of all and thank you amod for sparing the time and joining me on this episode thank you rohan my pleasure is on yep yep and i hope that oh uh, i forgot i almost forgot what are uh, what are you working on right now good i remember what oh, are you working on right now yeah so right now uh, as you saw the pitch control model right i'm trying to build something and trying to improve it to put it simply so the pitch control model is a 2d model like okay. it just contains the x and y direction okay i'm trying to think if and like i've not achieved results i'm just building it right now but i'm trying to check if an aerial ball would make a difference based on okay. the player height so it is okay. using a bit of physical data like their heights and their jumping okay and there is a lot of assumption there because i don't have the data okay so there is okay. there are certain parameters where i'm just like assuming okay assuming. the height that you will reach okay. based on available so for a 6 foot person you would send the how would you send the ball and how would he receive it whether he has yeah. to jump whether yeah, yeah, okay whatever yeah. so essentially enough. if if height and jumping will make a difference to the pitch original pitch control so essentially right. is kind of building on top of okay that. okay okay so if if at all your model reaches your targeted output then mm-hmm. th- if your model that you are working on if it reaches the output that you want how i mean would that if if a club takes this seriously would we see the the players just drilling jumping and heading the ball jumping and heading the ball rather than actually doing something else like if if uh, your output uh, hmm. if whatever you have built reaches a targeted output which the managers would want do how do they incorporate that immediately in the training or are they also a little bit skeptical about it initially right so with the uh, so with this particular model i think it's more like finding out where you can chuck aerial balls rather than just throwing them aimlessly i think it would be helpful in that way 
Right. Uh, and as to whether they are really incorporating it, I think yes, they are. Because if you look at the XG model, then uh, it essentially says like if you if I want to put it very in simple terms, the closer you are to the goal mouth, and the uh, the narrow your angle is, the higher the right. probability that the goal goes right. Simple. Narrow or wider? It would. I mean, be... if it. I mean, if this is the goal, and if you're I mean, here is the goal. If you are taking a shot from here, I mean, okay. yeah, I, I mean, depends on what your normal. Yeah, 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 yeah. I assume this is normal or this is normal. Okay, okay, I mean, okay. Anyway, like if you are taking narrow, let's say, then it would be a different. Okay. Maybe your okay. probability would be low, but if you are taking it directly in front of it, then your probability right. would always also be high. So right. that's what City does, right? Or even Liverpool, like they go high up and then yeah, right. they try to cut their balls inside. So a clear opportunity for someone in the center, right? And right, in right, football, right. like these players really try to dominate centers, especially Man City. Right, right, right. And I think at at Chelsea in this season, they are switching to making Lukaku the focal point, and that is why yeah. in the initial games where uh, where there was him involved, it was always the mid used to give Lukaku a pass. He used to. One touch or two touch, give it to one of the wingers, and he yeah, used yeah. to run in the middle to make sure that he was there to receive the ball, right? Yeah. So this must also be an output of a particular model which someone must yeah. have done. And like I said before, I hope that whatever you are working on, it becomes something which another bigger club, another in another competition in another crucial match, they will use. And when they win. I'll be happy to receive a text message from you saying that you you see how they won, you see how they won recently. <laughs> that that's my thing. That's my thing. Right. So with that, so we have we have reached the conclusion of this episode. Thank you, Amod, for joining me, and Thank I you. hope that you will come back in the future and sure. some developments that you have made in this without revealing sure. too much to the general public. Sure. Everything that yeah. Amod mentioned. I will consult with him before dropping down the links to everything in the description. If you've made it this far in the episode, please give it a like. Please drop a comment. Please give us any and every feedback. It's always welcome. Right. So with that, we've reached the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, and we shall catch you all in the next one. Bye bye.